I don't know about you, but I have just been feeling this um, as we approach Easter. It's like the closer we get, the more intense things seem to feel. I feel this intensity. I feel this urgency. I don't know if you're experiencing the same thing. I think now more than ever in light of our study of the end times these past number of weeks here, and now into months, um, that God is really beginning to reveal some things that are happening and things that have been prophesied hundreds, hundreds of years ago are now being fulfilled in our sight. We're seeing it ourselves, aren't we? And in light of these things, we need to do everything that we can to get people in, into the kingdom, wouldn't you say? It seems like we've, I think in America and the church abroad, that we have become very comfortable. As a matter of fact, we've probably gotten fat and lazy. And we're content to let other people do the job, and even in many cases, let the job go undone. Mm-mm. That's not the will of the Lord. If you may, you may remember in the Bible, in Matthew, it talks about those that Jesus had left, the master, if you will, had left in charge, okay? Maybe the, the parable of the talents, you may remember that one, how he gave five to one and, and, so, and all the way down to one, and he left those servants in charge of certain things, each according to what? Their ability, okay? And he expected certain things of those servants. And it's as if the church today has lost sight of what is expected of us. That our master expects some things of us, and we're kind of letting it go to somebody else. We're kind of burying stuff in the dirt. <laughs> and we're content to let it set there instead of doing things to gain more for our master. Do you follow? People, I challenge you, and I can't, I have a hard time communicating how strongly I feel about this. We need to pull out the stops as a church, as the body of Christ, do whatever is necessary to get people into the kingdom. Sometimes we need a reason, a reason to ask people, and that's helpful to us. Friends, if there was ever a reason to invite somebody to church, this Easter season is the one. Okay? The cross of Jesus Christ. The cross is where everything about the Bible just points to the cross and what was done on the cross and the blood that flowed down. Friends, can you think of two people that you can invite to church? Can you think of two people that don't normally come that may come if invited to a Good Friday service and maybe a Sunday morning breakfast? Can you think of two people? Let's do our part as servants of Christ who've been entrusted with the message of the gospel. Do you realize that? We have been entrusted with the gospel. It's good news. No, we may not communicate it perfectly. We may, we may stumble and we may get a few things wrong. Great! Just do it! 
Just do it. No more holding back. I speak boldness to you. The Spirit of God give you boldness to win people for Jesus Christ. Would you watch this video? When you're scared to invite someone to church this Easter, you procrastinate. When you procrastinate, you worry that it might be too late. When you worry that it might be too late, you resort to desperate measures. When you resort to desperate measures, you end up on the 6 o'clock news and become ostracized by your entire community. When you become ostracized by your entire community, you're forced to relocate to Possum Neck, Mississippi and change your name to Skeeter. Don't relocate to Possum Neck, Mississippi and change your name to Skeeter. Invite someone to church this Easter. And there you go. Don't be the one that's relocating to Possum Neck, Mississippi, wherever they were talking about. And don't change your name to Skeeter. Invite somebody to church. Can we do that? Can we get a hallelujah? Can we get a clap offering here to our God and our Savior? Hallelujah. Invite somebody to church. Praise the Lord. Would you, I want to ask you a question. Would you disown Jesus? Would you disown Jesus? And our minds are like, man, you're crazy. There's no way I would do that. How could Peter ever do that? How could he do such a thing? Of course not. That's ridiculous. It's, it's incomprehensible that we would ever do such a thing. And yet, Peter did it, didn't he? Well, well, what if the circumstances were different? What if things were dangerous? What then? One of you got your fingerprints on my glasses. I'm not sure which one of you it was. So, would you disown Jesus if, if things were dangerous? I think that it's fair to say that back in Jesus' day, things were a little bit dangerous when he was preaching. And the message that he was giving, wouldn't you say? Things were a bit dangerous, hence his crucifixion. What if we were, we've been hearing a lot about ISIS, you know? And we've seen our brothers and sisters at the hands of ruthless people. What if that came close to us and was in our own backyard and we were the ones with the hoods over our heads and we were the ones at the hands of the merciless asking, are you a Christian? What then? What then? Would you disown Jesus? Would you disown Jesus? See, there's risk involved now. Our own, our own health, our own lives are at risk if we profess to be a... What if one of our loved ones 
was at the hands of the merciless. Then what? That's even more painful. That's even more painful. Then what? Would you disown your Jesus? That really brings it home. What then, I ask you? What if it meant jail time where you would be bound and away from your family and those you love? What then? And your picture was on the 11 o'clock news. What then? Would you disown Jesus? What if, as happened to Pastor Umar Malinke, if it meant acid being sprayed on your face that deforms your whole face, as this pastor had done? Why? Because he converted to Christianity from Islam. If you haven't seen that, you need to look it up. Umar Melinde, pastor, was getting in his vehicle and someone called to him from the darkness close to him, Pastor! And you got to know, when somebody calls pastor, the pastor's going to look. Pastor, help me, they said. And so he turned. And just as he turned, they sprayed acid on his face. And it looks like something out of a Batman comic. No lie. And yet this man is proclaiming boldly the faith, the gospel message of Jesus Christ. In face, in the face of this evil. Last week we celebrated communion. Wasn't that awesome? Don't you love doing that? It's, it's unifying opportunity and remembering all that Jesus did and that God did delivering his people and celebrating Passover and Jesus was celebrating that, that last supper with his disciples before he would go to the cross. While this very meal was going on, Judas left left them and betrayed Jesus. Would you turn with me to Mark 14? So let me... Um, we're going to be reading from verse 27 and forward. Uh, so after the dinner, um, Judas leaves to go betray Jesus to the high priest, the chief priest, and all of the others. And in verse 27 it says, You will all fall away, Jesus told them. For it is written, I will strike the shepherd 
and the sheep will be scattered. But after I have risen, I will go ahead of you into Galilee. Peter declared, now take note of Peter, even if all fall away, I will not. I will not. And we all concluded that we would not disown Jesus. Did we not just do this right here? We would not disown Jesus. We said the same thing that Peter said. I will not fall away. I will not disown you. I will not deny you. Peter was resolute in his decision that he would never deny his Lord and Savior. And yet Jesus said to him, I tell you the truth. Today, yes, today, tonight, before the rooster crows twice, you yourself will disown me, not once, not twice, but three times. Three times, Peter, you will disown me. Can you imagine Peter hearing that? No! It's not possible. I would never do that. I am... Listen to what he says. But Peter insisted emphatically, even if I have to die with you, I will never disown you. And all the others said the same. Never. God forbid it to happen. Even if all fall away, I will not. That was a really rough night for Peter. Peter had a really bad day. He emphatically, in front of the brothers, in front of Jesus, right to Jesus' face, I will not disown you. Even if all these other guys do I will not. Even if I have to die with you, I will never disown you. Hmm. I'm ready to die with you. Change of scenery. We're now in the Garden of Gethsemane after this dinner. And Jesus took them all with him. And he left some of them in one place. And yet he takes Peter, James, and John with him to go on a little bit farther, a little bit deeper, if you will. How many of you know when you're in distress, you want, you need support. Can you raise your hand? You know that? When you're in distress, you want people with you that you know will support you and love you. You want those who are most ready, if you will, to handle what is about to come. And none of them did a very good job. You would want 
if you were in distress, those who you are most comfortable, comfortable being around, people who won't be saying, you need to do it this way, Jesus. You're not doing it quite right. You need to take some authority and show these people who's the boss. Because he could have done that. You would want people who get it. People who understand what's happening. Right? People who accept you, who listen to you. Those also that you want to teach something. And so here we find Peter, James, and John walking farther with Jesus. And he leaves them also at a certain place. And he says to them, watch and pray. And he, he kind of says some things to them. He expresses some things to them. Let's, let's read what he says to them. In verse 34, it says, My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch. And so now, after Peter's confession of allegiance to Jesus, he's now charged with this job to do, if you will, and that is to keep watch and to pray. And so going a little bit farther, he goes and he falls down. The weight, literally, of the world's sin is on his shoulders. And so he prays for a little while and we're familiar with the prayer that he asks that this cup would, if it is possible, that it could pass from him. And he comes back to Peter, James, and John, and he finds them sleeping. Sleeping. Okay? Epic fail. Right? And he says, he finds them sleeping. Could you not keep watch for one hour? In verse 37, he says, Watch and pray so that you will not what? Fall into temptation. Now, what do you suppose, what temptation would be around? They're out in the middle of the night. What do you suppose that temptation was? I would suggest to you that that temptation was fear. Fear is a powerful, motivating force. Fear will make you do things that you don't want to do, that you know are not right, and yet you look back on it after it's all happened. You say, I can't believe I did that. I was just so scared. Do you see what, what is happening here? Jesus knows what is coming. And he tells them, stay here, watch and pray, okay? 
so that you will not fall into temptation, so that you will be able to stand when you are tempted to run and hide. And he leaves them there with that charge again. Watch and pray. Stay here. And he goes back again. And he prays the same thing. Father, if it is your will, please let this pass from me. But not my will, but yours be done. And he goes back again to the faithful. And here they are sleeping again. Same thing happens again. Are you yet sleeping? Come on, guys. He again found them sleeping in verse 40 because their eyes were heavy. You see what the rest of that says? It says, they did not know what to say to him. They were embarrassed by their actions. And he goes back and he prays again. And he says the same prayer. And he goes back again. And what does he find? They're sleeping again. Again they are sleeping and not not praying. In verse 41, returning the third time, he said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? There's important work to be done here. And you're sleeping. Church, are we sleeping when we are supposed to be watching and praying that we will not fall into temptation? Have we fallen asleep? Wake up! Wake up! Watch and pray that you and me will not fall into temptation when the hour is at hand. Listen to what he says. Enough! There's a few times that Jesus gets ticked off. Once is in the temple courtyards. Do you remember that? And he starts flipping over tables and he's pushing people out of the way. He grabs himself a whip and he's whipping stuff. Get this garbage out of my father's house. This is a house of prayer. This is a holy place. You've made it a den of robbers. Get that garbage out of here. Stinks in this place. (laughs) And Jesus, finding the disciples asleep again. Enough. The hour has come. Look. The Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. And listen to his response. You see, he had spent his time in prayer. Listen to his response in the face of what he knows is going to be his death and torture. Listen to his response. Hallelujah. Verse 42. Rise! Rise! Exclamation point. Let us go. Vamanos! Let's go! Let's do this. Let's get done. Here comes my betrayer. He was ready 
He was ready. Judas comes and he gives the signal of, a, of the crowd of people that are armed with clubs and spears. And he gives the signal by kissing Jesus on the cheek. And the armed guards, they arrest him. They arrest the Son of God, the King of kings, yes, and the Lord of lords, the Messiah, the Savior. They arrest him and lead him away like a wanted criminal. Things are so bad that in a skirmish they tried to apprehend one man who was with Jesus. When they grabbed onto him, he pulled away, but they held onto his clothes and they ripped off. He just left them there. He ran away naked. Things were very risky. Things were dangerous. You run away without your clothes, it's dangerous. But he came away with his life. That's the last time Peter will have the opportunity to speak to his Jesus. And he's got those epic fails hanging around his neck. And Jesus had said to him, Peter, before the cock crows twice, you will disown me three times. This is dangerous business, friends. And fear was rampant. So much so that all of those that were with Jesus did what? They scattered. You remember that scripture? We'll strike who? The shepherd and the sheep will scatter. And that's exactly what happened. Everybody took off. Peter tried to fight a bit, didn't he? Cut one guy's ear off. Jesus healed him. But Peter won't have another chance to correct any wrongs. It's over. He's not able to explain himself wouldn't that be the case? Wouldn't you want to explain yourself? Well, when I was sleeping there, you got to know that the, the other night I didn't really get much sleep. I had a really hard day and, you know, I just, I ain't been sleeping very well and try to explain away your actions. Did you ever do that? I know you guys don't do that. I sometimes don't do that. He won't have the chance to explain himself. He won't be able to say and just touch the feet of his Lord and say, I'm really sorry. I'm sorry. He can't do that. He's not able to set things right with his master. It's over. It's done. And then... Peter's ears ring the words of his master. In a matter of hours, you're going to disown me. And even now, Peter's resolved to the fact that I will never do that. 
I will never do that. And so he follows at a distance as this crowd of people are taking Jesus to the high priest and the chief priest and all of these others, the decision-making bodies, if you will. And Peter's following behind the trees. Can you just picture it, right? And he goes into the temple courtyard. He's kind of warming himself there by the fire. You can envision these things in your mind. And someone there, so the high priest here, is the guy that is making the final decisions here, okay? And his servant girl, the guy that's deciding Jesus' path here to to travel, if you will, his servant girl sees Peter warming himself. And she says to him, hey, I know you. You're one of them. You were with that Nazarene, weren't you? No, no, no. That's not me. You're you're thinking of somebody else. Right? That's not me. Hmm. As if things could get worse. While Peter's warming himself, the servant girl, seemingly lowly person, however, she's got the ear, of the high priest, okay? And she recognizes this guy. Okay, things got dangerous really fast here. Okay? All the guards are in the same area. Now there's tons of people, lots of people around. This is this is bad. And what does he do? Here it goes. First reaction, number one. I don't know what you're talking about. Tries to just, I don't know what you're talking about. Who, what is this? Who's, who's this guy? Kind of blows it off. I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't understand who, who it is you're talking about, he says. Number one. Then, next verse, yes. He goes to another spot, right? And then there's... He's accused again. Hey, you were with that Jesus. I saw you. You can't hide, buddy. I see you. Peter's response. It's not me. I don't know him. I'm not the guy. You're thinking of somebody else. And he denies it. Yeah, this Jesus, the one that he said, I am ready to what? Die with you. Yeah, that's the guy. Twice now, disowned Jesus. Next verse. You're one of them. I can tell because you're a Galilean. And Peter, go ballistic. And he calls down curses on himself. And he swears, I don't know this guy. I don't know him. And then what does he hear? He hears the rooster. Do you think he will ever forget that sound, that very moment that this prophecy 
has come true. And he is the man that disowned Jesus. How many times? Three. Would you disown Jesus? Would you? Immediately, verse 72, the rooster crowed the second time, and Peter remembered the word Jesus had spoken to him before the rooster crows twice, you will disown me three times. And it says, Peter broke down and he wept. There may come a time in our own lives, whether in times when things are, are even good in our country, if you can imagine that now, it's come so far, all right, but things really aren't dangerous for us right now. But you may endure some persecution at your workplace or your school or even in your family. Yeah. And what do you do? What is your response? Will you disown Jesus? Or will you defend him in love? In love, speaking. Are you ready for that? I hope so. Because that's the easy stuff. That's the easy stuff. There may come a time later on when things are a bit more dangerous for Christians. Okay? What then? What then? Are we ready? Are we watching? Are we praying what our response is going to be. Are we resolving our decisions now? I wonder if and when the stakes are high we will be able to be strong enough to stand. and fight for the faith, and fight for what's right. As this brave Pastor Umar Melinde did himself, and he paid the price, and he'll pay the price for the rest of his life. And yet he still <laughs> can't stop himself from preaching the Word of God. I hope that I will respond having paid my time, if you will, in prayer. I hope that I will respond with strength and faith. I hope that you will. I hope that you do. I hope that you, along with with me will not disown our Jesus. That we will stand together in faith, trusting that He will care for our souls. Amen. Would you stand with me? Would you stand?
Let's, uh, let's sing a song. Let's sing a song that helps us to resolve, to make our decisions, to stand firm in the faith. In Ephesians 6, it talks about the armor of God. We got us a helmet. We got us a breastplate. We got us a sword. We got us a shield and boots on our feet. We're prepared. Amen? I hope that these words will motivate you by Peter's failures. Yes, Jesus later, after he's crucified. I I just can't imagine Peter knowing that Jesus is going to be crucified. Can you imagine Peter? That's the last time I will ever get to speak to him. And I just totally blew it. How many of you here have totally blown it? And Jesus, after he rose from the grave, on that third day, hallelujah, we're going to be celebrating that really soon. Jesus reinstates Peter. Do you remember when he spoke these words, Peter, do you love me? Yes, Lord, you know I love you. And what does he tell him? Feed my sheep. Yeah. And he asks him three times. He doesn't want Peter to ever forget what it's all about. Peter, at the end of the day, it's all about what? It's all about the sheep, Peter. I'm going away. I'm going to leave you. When I go, don't you ever forget it. Don't you forget what happened when you disowned me. Don't you ever do that again. And I'm going to stand you back up on your feet, Peter. And you're going to be this rock You're not going to be the one that falls. You're going to be the rock. (laughs) And he did, didn't he? And he was strong and faithful. I pray that you and I will be strong and faithful as we follow our Lord Jesus wherever that may lead. Amen. Let's sing. I'll stand with arms high and heart abandoned on it all.
Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, we come before you today. God, it's our true heart's desire that we stand for you and that we make our lives count for something, for the truth, for you, O oh God, the name of Jesus, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And we pray that in the times when we are enduring persecution, that we stand with faith, having spent time in prayer about that very thing. That you would help us, God. Give us the boldness of a lion. And we would not cower in fear. And we would stand up for you. Be with us, Lord, as we go back to our homes and our families and our workplaces, God. Wherever that would take us, may we represent you with love and strength and purity and truth. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.